clutching his rifle in his hand, veteran British big game hunter Owain Lewis made his way through the dense brush of Zimbabwe, carefully tracking an injured Cape Buffalo that had been shot three days earlier by an American visiting hunter who had failed to finish it off. With the task now falling to him and his hunting apprentice, it all comes down to a game of cat and mouse. But who's the cat and who's the mouse? We'll find out here in Life, Death, and Taxonomy. Welcome back to Life, Death, and Taxonomy. It's your 30 minutes of interesting animal information. I'm Joe. And I'm Carlos. And today we're talking about the beefiest boys in the bovine brotherhood. But bore on that later. Bore. It's not a bore, though. That'd been funny if it was a bore. And also, this this episode's not going to be a bore. I hope, sure, I sure hope not. It's interesting animal info, not boring animal info. Yeah, unless we're talking about an animal that likes drilling. That's true. Then there's going to be a lot of boring animal info. I'm sure. <laughs> actually, the the uh, the mole. That was some boring info. But we're not talking about the mole. We're talking about the Cape buffalo. That's right. You know, I used to. Th- I thought that Cape buffaloes and water buffaloes were the same. They are not. There's a different buffalo for that. <laughs> you got a problem? There's a buffalo for that. <laughs> need to go in the water? Buffaloes. Need a need a Superman cape? Buffalo. <laughs> but yeah, we're talking about the Cape Buffalo, which is which is also called, according to certain science people, um, African the African Buffalo, mm-hmm. which I think is unfair because there's more than one buffalo in Africa. But whatever. Also, I saw it called the Black Death, but hunters call it that, and we'll talk more about that later. Um, and when it came to our own nicknames, I went for quantity over quality so here we go okay uh the count of monte buffalo why why, why that one? Oh, okay we'll find out because it's a revenge story okay um the binomial nomenclatures we'll talk about later is sincerus kaffir so it's sincere caffeine okay the it's also the mean lean beef murder machine okay like that that one's a kind of a classic uh okay vibe yeah, yeah, and uh, it's also the most dangerous game. Hey, that's good. Okay. Yeah. Throwback to an old uh, short story. Uh huh. But let's talk about how this taxonomizes. Okay. Taxonomize me, Captain. Um, sure. The 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 first part is the kingdom. Yeah. As that... we all know, love, and are in. Yeah, that's that the right? animalia. That's right. It's on a Oh, you, you beat me to it. I'm doing this. I'm supposed to do this. No, I'm supposed to do this. Oh, you're supposed to do this. <laughs> Did you practice these? Nope. Okay, then <laughs> I'll ahead. just do it. Uh, the phylum is Chordata. The class is Mammalia. The order, we've been here before, order, uh, Artiodactyla. We've been here so many times. Yes. <laughs> and we would be remiss if we didn't mention the fact that humpback whales are in the same order. And I hate it. I hate that it, that that's the case. Um, <laughs> the family is Bovidae. Uh, the subfamily, if you're into that, is Bovinae. Ooh. And then the genus is Sincerus. And like you mentioned, the species is Caffer. There are a number of subspecies. 
but we're going to be talking about Sinceris Kaffir. Kaffir, mostly. It's kind of like Sincere Heifer. Maybe I should have gone with that. Because it's, it's a cow. Well, they also make calves. So That's true. They're Kaffir. It is a Kaffir. <laughs> <laughs> but since we're in the business of naming things, it's time for what will just dominate the competition in a landslide in terms of the listener's favorite part of the show, the best segment critter groups, critter groups, which is where I, Carlos, ask you, Joe, a question, and that question is the same every time. What is the name of a group of these animals, or what is the collective noun for these animals? And since we're talking about buffalo, not bison, we made that distinction back in our American bison uh, episode. They are not interchangeable. Bison live, uh, they're the big brown furry furry boys in the middle of the country this country u.s and buffalo are in africa um also in india and china i think you can remember that because of bicentennial yep and there's the one that, where the country is that 200 only exists years old. in the united states <laughs> <laughs> yeah interesting i'm not gonna remember it that way <laughs> well that's that's your loss no i'll still remember it just not that way uh all right so Joe, what is the name of a group of buffalo? Is it A, a rumble of buffalo? Is it B, a mash of buffalo? Is it C, a parlance of buffalo? Or is it D, an obstinacy of buffalo? Parlance is just a classic group animal name. It's just great. But so classic. <laughs> rumble is perfect for these guys we all know it's a herd a herd of buffalo that's what anyone with any self-respect would say but if we're going to be weird about it i'm going to go with the rumble a rumble in the jungle let's get ready to rumble it's not in the jungle it would be the savannah but well you're also wrong the, unless the answer you're talking is... about the other subspecies which lives in the forest yeah it's still not the jungle it's a forest the answer is d obstinacy which is the weirdest thing ever. <laughs> I guess it makes sense with their personality traits. Yeah, they're obstinate. They're stubborn. They're hard-headed, for sure. <laughs> yeah, speaking of hard-headed, are you ready to hear what this is, what it looks like, and how it, how one would describe it? Go ahead. Describe it to me. Okay. A picture. The Cape Buffalo is a large, thick-bodied bovine with black, curved horns. It looks like... A typical brown cow, but it has shorter hair, um, except for the the subspecies that live in the forest, which have longer hair. Um, the top of their skulls is a thick keratin that curves downward and then back up into horns like a composite bow. That's the shape of their their horns, if you can imagine that, like a curved, I sure can. curved bow. Um their heads hang lower than their backs, unlike deer and horses, which carry their heads high. Um, Good for them. Yeah. <laughs> Males have brown to black coats, where females have more red in their coats. Uh, Cape buffaloes are native to African forests and plains. Uh, the Kaffir subspecies is the most familiar. If you're if you're picturing this, you're probably picturing this subspecies, uh, and they live in the savanna. Um, but there's several other subspecies, including one that lives in forests. Uh, it's called the Nanus um, subspecies. 
um, which has which is smaller, which is pretty typical of things that live in like thicker wooded areas. They they they're smaller than their plains can, uh, but they have reddish fur and they have like hair like white strands of hair, like highlights that come off of their ears. They're very interesting to look at. They're like uh, they got frosted tips. Yeah, they're like little well, Timberlakes. I remember <laughs> little Timberlakes. Um, I remember the bison Timberlake that has a has a smaller for, forest dwelling subspecies. So it's a very similar situation. Mm-hmm. There's something else we needed to know. Uh, what are we on to the major fact now? No, All right, no, not yet. Actually, we need to know how big it is because we're talking about size. We might as well talk about how big the the uh, Cape buffalo is. That brings us to the listeners, uh, the leading candidate for the best part of the show, uh, title to be officially determined by you on leading December. Leading candidate? Yeah. What, I've been you, saying that you, for like three weeks. Have you, have, is it, is it, have you taken a popular vote? Uh, it's going to be determined by the listener on December 3rd on Twitter and Facebook. We're going to do some polls and you can vote in them. And we'll combine them to find out the true listener's favorite part of the show. Uh, But this is also the part of the show when we present the animal size and dimensions in relatable terms through a quiz that's fun for the whole family. It's also part of the show that's introduced by you when you send in audio of yourself saying, singing, or chittering the words measure up into ldtaxonomy at gmail.com. We have no new intros this week. And I I blame all of you. Uh... Me too. But we get, still get to do something fun because whenever we don't have a new intro, we get to play a weird animal sound and Carlos guesses what it is. It's just making more work for me. Can someone please send in a measure up? Here we go. Is that enough for you to go on? Sure, yeah. Sounds like a 50-foot tree monster. I will tell you. I'll give you a hint. It is nothing like it sounds. So, what? It could be a mouse? (laughs) It's closer to a mouse than a 50-foot tree monster. Okay, okay. That's good to know. I don't know. I'm thinking of some kind of bird. That's a good guess. We've heard birds like um, what what's uh, the cassowary sort of sound has a low grumble yeah, sound like that. Low 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 throaty growl like it's a dinosaur. Yeah. Uh-huh. Um, but you you offered that suggestion, so it's probably not the answer. Or it's double reversal. That would be rude. <laughs> I don't remember. I don't think the cassowary sounded like that though. Not quite. Stop saying things. <laughs> um, I don't know. Let's go ostrich. <laughs> that's a fair guess. Is that your final answer? Yeah, it's my final answer. Incorrect. Uh, cast, it, it's closer to the cassowary in proximity because it is a koala. That's a koala? Yep, that's a koala. <laughs> they have like a large vocal range because I saw another video where one koala was making that sound and another one was crying with this high-pitched whine. Wow. I couldn't have in a million years told you what a koala sounds like. There will be a link to the video 
on ldtaxonomy.com for this episode. Was it upset? Was it I like don't growling? know if it was upset. It was like sitting quiet, uh, sitting otherwise quietly, and then just raising its head's head to the heavens and <laughs> bellowing. They sleep like 23 and a half hours a day, so it's probably pretty rare to hear it say anything. Maybe that's what a eucalyptus bell sh- sounds like. <laughs> it was just nonstop burping. I can't <laughs> stop burping. <laughs> All right. Let's get into the dimensions of the Cape Buffalo. Uh, at the sh- they're, they're, They can be up to seven feet long, but at, at the shoulder height, they can be 1.0 to 1.7 meters or 3.8. Three to five point six feet. We can we can go by the upper end and say five point six or five and a half. How many buffaloes go into the height of the tallest building in Africa, which is the Leonardo, which is in Stanton, South Africa? Mm. Here's a hint: the building was started in November of two thousand and fifteen and officially became the tallest building in April of this year. It's still not fully complete, but it is it has reached its record breaking height. Well, about two of these uh, guys go into one story of a building. So, I'm going to say it's 60 stories cuz that's really high, but it's not doesn't really touch the higher the taller buildings in the U.S., Japan, and Dubai, and China. So, so that would put it at 600 feet? You no, know, put it at 600 feet. And so I would say that about, I'm going to say 58. 58 uh, Cape Buffalo Heights go into the tallness of this building. The height, tallness, same thing. Gotcha. So you think that the so I'm talking with the the shoulder shoulder height, which is five point six. Yeah. You said that they're close. Oh, sorry, 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 sorry. Um, no, it's not. It's sorry. I meant to say, I meant to double that, and say um a hundred and fourteen. Okay. Uh, the correct answer is a hundred and thirty-seven. Um, Ooh, that's not. The that far the off. building is seven hundred and seventy feet. Or three hundred or two hundred and thirty-four meters. <laughs> I didn't. Uh, you were about to lose on a technicality, and I was because uh, you, you had all you showed. You showed your work, and your work was correct. <laughs> so, I just I I was telling you how many stories based on the well, fact you that had, it's five point six, not five point five. Yeah, and I was like, your number is so low. I know this is going to be a weird moment when I say the answer. Where we have to figure out what went wrong. Thanks for not making it weird. Uh, All right, let's go into weight. Um, They're about 500 to 1,000 kilograms or 1,100 to 2,200 pounds. Uh, The forest variety can be only about 1,000 pounds, so they're significantly smaller. Let's call it 2,200 pounds. How many of the world's largest buffalo wing in Madeira Beach, Florida... Go into a Cape Buffalo. Before oh, you start not. thinking... I've got vacation plans now. Before you start thinking in wing terms, it's not a real chicken wing. Here's your hint. It's a drumstick replica that hangs from a photo op sign in at a dockside Hooters. Uh, 
the a sign near it warns patrons not to climb on the wing in nine different languages. So they've had people come out from all over to climb on this thing, and they don't want it. <laughs> it's cli- what? It's a drumstick. It's a replica. Can- oh, 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 oh! That's so that's the world's largest chicken wing for real. Not really. It's just like world's largest pencil, and it's like this twenty foot like ceramic, or this twenty foot like plastic. Yeah, that doesn't count or, at all. If it doesn't, if well, it's, it's like not all made these the like roadside thing. things that are like, that's not actually a th- that thing, but fine. Yeah, if it's not made of the same materials as the original thing, then it's not the world's largest that thing. Anyway, I imagine kids probably play on it a lot. It's just like a photo op thing. Madeira Beach is um. Tampa area, I think. I'm gonna say it's. I'm gonna say it's. Fifteen feet. Wait, so we're we're talking about weight, right? Yes. Okay, how heavy this thing is. Um. No, that's probably pretty heavy. I I'm gonna say one. I'm gonna say it's a one to one ratio. Those are my ACT scores coming in handy. <laughs> uh, final answer? Yes. Close. The correct answer was 2.1. <laughs> <laughs> Not close at all. It was half. <laughs> uh, but you were only one away. Um, so <laughs> the, That's the, That the, is the, the frustrating paradox of one and two. You're, you're so close, but so far. <laughs> the buffalo wing is 1,037 pounds. What? Yeah. Oh, oh, oh. I thought it was the other way around. I thought, how many buffalo go into this thing? Oh, no, 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 no. Got it. Okay, are we done yo. with math? We are done with math and learning, and to, except for about the fast facts, if you're ready for them. And the major facts. There's lots of learning to go. It's more It's more pointed learning. This this it, learning is an exacto knife when it's it comes more better to learning. topic. Uh, we'll find out. Uh, fast facts. Let's do it. They have fairly typical herd hierarchies, with dominant males controlling highborn females and their offspring. The core herd is surrounded by subherds, which are composed of high-ranking males and females, uh, subordinate Sub- males. It, they're sub-obstinacies. Right, sure. <laughs> And older Use the or right terminology. adults. So, if you want to, if you if you're just totally tickled and jazzed by bovine hierarchies, go and listen to the bison episode, the American bison episode, because that's the major fact of that episode. Spoiler alert. Uh, so, young males stay away from the dominant male, uh, but males will spar in friendly competitions where they might rub nosies together and practice fight. Um, Real fights, however, are rare and violent. Uh, they can be violent, bloody, sometimes fatal, but they're not very common. Uh, they are grazers um, and eat mostly grass in swamplands and floodplains because they, they like those kinds of damp areas because they drink water every day, unlike certain 
African savanna animals that can go a little bit longer without water, they are in constant need. But unfortunately, that puts them in danger of crocodile predation. Other than crocodiles, they are sometimes hunted by lions, but they can defend themselves against lions and they aren't easy prey. I'm surprised these guys aren't the water buffaloes. I'm sure they have very similar affinities for water because I think water buffaloes like swim around and stuff. But these guys do swim around, so. Uh, but I, they. I wouldn't. <laughs> yeah, for real. Uh, they may uh, defend themselves uh, and one another and prevent a united front against predators like lions. Uh, however, lions can pick off injured, old, and sick animals um, at the edges of herds. But did you know that Cape Buffalo are also capable, Cape Buffalo, capable <laughs> of engaging in the democratic process? That's right. Just like you can. Yeah. When you vote for uh, Critter Groups is your favorite segment. Or if you want to learn more and not like listen to a, a totally random segment, then uh, vote for Measure Up. So female buffaloes can are, move together. This helps them avoid being picked off by predators and it helps them keep calves safe. But how do they decide where to go? Um, so they will spend an hour shuffling around, laying down, and then standing back up again. The direction they face when they're lying down is their vote uh, as the direction to go. Once they decide, they set out. And early polls show that forest buffalo are pointing at critter groups, where plains buffaloes are snap word at measure up. Well, how, how, so these buffalo can, they understand numbers? They can count and see majority? They, I don't know if they can count, but they might be able to see majority. That's crazy. Like they, they probably don't know it's like 10 to two, but they know that a lot of people, a lot of us are facing this way. Let's go this way. It takes them an hour (laughs) to do this. So, (laughs) which is a lot faster than most bureaucratic processes fair fair point but yeah they're little democrats except for the fact that they're ruled by a dominant male they're they're well no they're not democrats well they're democratic yeah there you go democrat doesn't just mean left-leaning american politician it does in the in the parlance (laughs) Bringing parlance back. We're going to say that more often. Okay, Doc. I'm ready for some fa- uh, major facts. Some, yeah, we exchange the fast for the major. So I bet you guys are wondering what happened to Owain Lewis, that uh, big game hunter I mentioned in the intro. Well, here's the end of that story. Uh, he was killed by a buffalo. Um... Uh, you don't really think of these of buffaloes being dangerous. I mean, they're they're big horned animals, but they're cows. Like who who's afraid of a cow? Well, it turns out that Cape buffalo are um, one of the big five, which in Africa are the five more most fi- dangerous animals to hunt on foot. And the big five are. Oh, can you guess what the big five are, Joe? I'm gonna go. Um... Uh, hippopotamus. Nope. Not on. No. Okay. Elephant. Yep. Lions. Yep. 
Leopard. Yep. Is it more bovines? It's a big animal. A giraffe? Oh, no, rhino, rhino. Yep, yep. Okay, elephants, rhinos, lions, leopards, and Cape buffalo are the five most dangerous animals to hunt on foot. And in fact, uh, South African currency on the paper bills, they have pictures of these animals. It's like, it's a big thing, these big five. It's also a big tourist attraction. Um, but there's sufficient evidence to say that Cape buffalo might be the most dangerous of these five. There are a lot of large herbivores in Africa, like hippo, wildebeest, and eland, but what make Cape buffalo so dangerous is that these mud boys take some revenge. And they serve it cold. They serve because a what? They serve it cold. Oh. That's how it's, that's how it's best. Uh, because they're so big and muscular, one shot from even the high-caliber gun is not likely to take down one of these buffalo soldiers, regardless of uh, the placement. You, you might get lucky... But almost all big game hunters say you're going to have to chase it after you hit it because you're probably not going to kill it. Uh, so it's so like most animals that are wounded during hunting, they they run away. So the Cape Buffalo runs away and you're like, OK, now the, the hunt is on. The chase is on. Or so it wants you to think. Instead, it will remember the direction where it heard the shot and seemingly run off in a random direction. But what it's actually doing is circling back around on its own trail to get that sweet, sweet revenge. It'll make its way behind the hunter and will actually wait behind a bush or a rock or an anthill or a termite mound or something and use camouflage as best as it can until the hunter is within range. It'll stand perfectly still until a hunter is within a few yards of it, and then it'll charge at 35 miles an hour. <laughs> and so with an impenetrable shield of horns on its head and a 2,000-pound animal ambushing you at 35 miles an hour for, from some nearby bush is about all it takes to kill a human. And unfortunately, that's what happened to O. Wayne Lewis. He wasn't even the guy to injure the... Uh, the buffalo he was just tracking it down to finish it off because to to end its suffering because some you know novice american hunter couldn't wasn't able to do it and the the cape buffalo charged out of some bushes very close to the pair because there's only owen lewis and his um and his hunting apprentice and uh managed to toss mr lewis up in the air and uh, his neck was broken before the uh, apprentice was able to bring the Cape Buffalo down. So yeah, it's a sad story, but it's a cautionary tale uh, to big game hunters, and that's, don't mess with these guys. <laughs> There's a gripping story called No One Survives a Cape Buffalo Attack, where, where some high schoolers managed to get the attention of a Cape Buffalo, and one of them barely escaped with his life. But he didn't escape with his pants. So at the at the end of the story, it's revised to no one survives a Cape Buffalo attack with his pants. <laughs> okay. And it's pretty crazy. I, I suggest people look it up because it's it's pretty gripping. And he gets the 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 buffalo charges 
he tries to dive to the side, but it catches him in the crotch of his pants. So it it the the horn goes through his pants, but doesn't doesn't go through and anything else. <laughs> Just it, two inches away, Whew. Um, and then and then almost uh, tramples him to death. But he manages to escape his pants. Escape his pants. Yeah. That's good. Uh, I'm glad it worked out for him, except for it's too bad about his pants. Yeah, he keep. Well, it, they ripped off, so he keeps the what, what survived as a as a reminder that no one survives a Cape Buffalo attack with his pants. Locals will say that the Cape Buffalo is responsible for the most human deaths of any animal in Africa, even though I think we're pretty sure that it's the hippo. Um, but it is almost certainly the animal responsible for the most hunter casualties. Interesting. There's also just a lot more Cape Buffalo than there are, like, elephants. And rhinos, especially. Yeah. So it, it, it might be more dangerous just because you're more likely to encounter one. Well, I think it's I think it's more of a, an... an there, there's got to be some numbers out there, some uh, encounter versus casualty ratio. Because otherwise it's skewed. Yeah. Because then it's not the most dangerous, it's just the most frequently encountered. I mean, I think I think cows are responsible for the most, are the animals responsible for the most deaths in America. Yeah, that that's mostly because of their size and proximity for, 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 with humans. Yeah, we just interact, as humans, we interact with cows all the time. Which is, so like, even though wolves might be more dangerous on their own they just don't encounter humans as much right but that's that's all i got i mean it's it's just crazy to think that this overgrown cow in africa is the most dangerous animal when you think of all of the dangerous animals that live there i believe it don't go for it vindictive bovines yeah and the fact that it it'll instead of being like i need to get away from danger it's more like i'm going to kill the danger that might have something to do with their like response to predation normally, which is to turn its horns at it. Offense you know? is the best defense, right? It's a you know I I think these buffalo are fans of Sun Tzu's art of war. Mm-hmm. Actually, that's a perfect art of war move too. To double back, to to well to to feign weakness and then to strike when the enemy is unaware. Very true. So that's all that's all I got for the Cape Buffalo. You got anything else? I do not. So for you out there in Podcastia, watch your back. Let your aim be true. And ba ram you like the Cape Buffalo in life, death, and taxonomy. Hey everyone, Carlos here. We need Measure Up intros. It really makes our day to see that we've received a new Measure Up from a fan of the show. Plus, you get to hear yourself on the airwaves, so to speak. So just say, sing, whisper, scream, or chitter the words Measure Up into your phone's recording app and email that bad boy to ldtaxonomy at gmail.com. 
Also, like the Cape Buffalo, don't forget to vote. But you can vote for your favorite podcast segment on December 3rd. We'll finally know whether the amazing and fun critter groups or the tedious measure up is more beloved. You can vote on Facebook and or Twitter December 3rd. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next week. <laughs> Tedious measure up is more beloved. Deleting that. <laughs>